Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. It's time to roll your sleeves up and get your hands dirty with Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. And good morning. Welcome to Dirt Radio. John here with you. How are you this morning? As I was coming in, the sky was actually blue. I couldn't believe it. The sun was out. Thanks to Yarrabug, another good show. And we are, of course, part of Friends of the Earth Melbourne. Check them out at their website, fo.org.au. The Senate Wind Inquiry has now been tabled and its reports come out and it's jaw-dropping in its implications. With no compelling case for change, the report recommends a mountain of new penalties and red tape designed to stop wind energy industries in their tracks. Lee Eubank is a campaign coordinator for Yester Renewables and... He's here with Dirt Radio today to take us through some of those details and talk about what happens next. Hiya. G'day, John. Thanks for having me. That's okay. Now, the report is a shocker. I guess you know that, and uh, we all know that. You probably more than anyone else. (laughs) How shall I put this? What are the grim highlights? Uh, Well, um, from from the outset of the review, um, we did know that this was more like a witch hunt. Um, Even the chair of the review, um, Senator John Madigan um, and The Australian, both referred to it as an inquisition. So, you know, it wasn't the um, impartial, unbiased review that the community would expect the Senate to undertake. Um, And what we have, you know, after... Uh, nine months of um, investigations and public hearings and whatnot is a review that really can't be used for policy making. It's um, you know it was the committee was stacked with politicians who opposed wind energy. Um, you know a lot of the the usual um, anti wind shills had their say in public hearings, and it does seem that a lot of the um, evidence and testimony given by people from the sector. Um, and communities that do support wind was ignored. You said the uh, the the report cannot be used for policy making. That's a really really important statement you've just made. Why are you saying that? Yeah. Um, look, once again, you know this was a stacked um, committee. You know the the, the sen- like Senator John Madigan, the chair of the review, has a long track record opposing wind energy. Um, he was joined on the on the committee panel by Senator Chris Back, you know, a former oil and gas man, uh, a, a Liberal senator from West Australia, um, who spoke at an anti-wind farm rally in Canberra back in 2013. Um, you know, Bob Day, Senator Lionhelm, you know, they've all coalesced around this anti-wind farm agenda, and you know, we we know from the from independent bodies such as the Victorian Department of Health, um, the Australian Medical Association. Um, There are 23 studies that have already been published by reputable bodies around the world, 
and they show that there is no link between wind turbine technology and ill health. Um, what we do know is that there could be a nocebo effect, like a psychosomatic effect um, that this fear campaign around the technology is causing. So, you know, it could be that reports like this that paint wind energy in a negative light and cause um, undue um, concern, that is the, the real cause behind a lot of the angst. Mm. They used to call it a self-fulfilling prophecy in the, in the old days. Mm. Uh, you sort of say it and it actually comes true, so to speak. Um, the, the thing that I wanted to ask about, and I guess really rather than going all over the old ground, to talk a little bit more about what's, what's, what the response has been and also what's coming up. So yep. in terms of what you know, how has the wind industry itself responded to this report? Yeah, look, I, I don't think that there would be too much concern. Um, the Environment Minister has, Greg Hunt, has actually stated that the changes to the renewable energy target that this committee recommended will not be going ahead. Um, the RET... The deal has been done. Um, the time for tweaking it is over. So, you know, to give certainty to the sector and to start growing renewables, um, you know, that will be continuing. Um, and then, you know, the Wind Energy Commissioner and the independent panel um, to look at the science of wind turbine noise and whatever. I mean, it is quite bizarre that we will, you know, we will be the first country on the globe to have a wind energy commissioner that is a commissioner for a clean and safe technology. Meanwhile, you know, after the Hazelwood disaster and all of the um, premature deaths we do know are associated with fossil fuels, why don't we have a coal and and gas commissioner? I actually didn't realise that that we were the first country in the world to be having a wind energy commissioner. Uh, it is quite bizarre. Yeah, well, this is what I'm saying, the grim details of the, uh, of the report as they're, as they're coming out. And um, presumably this commissioner is going to be overseeing, uh, well, if it gets policy approval, it's, this person's going to be overseeing all the wind in- industry right across the country. Yeah, I believe it will be, you know, a, a commissioner to respond to and deal with complaints surrounding wind farms. Um, at the moment, complain, you know, people that are, that believe they're <clears throat> that believe they're suffering from some sort of health impact, um, they would complain to, or they would lodge their complaints with the the um, operators of the wind farms or potentially the Victorian government. Um, so this would be a national commissioner to hear those complaints. Um, But once again, I mean, it is truly unusual times that when we do know that pollution um, from, you know, diesel fumes from trucks, um, from coal power plants and other other environmental factors are causing premature deaths, that we don't have a a coal and gas fossil fuel commissioner. Hmm. And uh, what about the actual... um the communities, you've been working very closely with a lot of communities, particularly in Victoria. How have they responded to this report? Yeah, no, I mean, I think we, you know, Friends of the Earth and the community response, it is one of puzzlement, you know. We really just cannot fathom um, that people are so um, concerned about a technology that is clean and safe. 
And to us, it looks very much like a, um, a witch hunt. It's demonising a clean and safe technology, um, you know, for, for various interests. I mean, we're told that it's just for the community and there, there are people complaining. But, I mean, if you look at, um, you know, some of the background of these politicians, they do have a track record in the fossil fuel sector, you know, w- there, there are presumably relationships and whatever not that are, that are impacting their decision-making as well. The, uh, the difficulty there, I suppose, internationally in the Paris talks, Paris um, climate talks are coming up in November, December. Um, Australia is getting a very poor reputation internationally for these kinds of things, I think. Absolutely. I mean, this Wind Energy Commissioner, um, the way that the government... The Prime Minister of Australia is attacking wind um, on the public airwaves. All of this is really unusual. Um, I can't think of an industry that has been um, talked down um, by a Prime Minister like Tony Abbott has talked down the wind energy sector and the renewable energy sector. And, you know, when you when you compare and contrast that with the leadership that's coming out of the United States, um, Barack Obama only a week ago revealed their clean power plan. Um, you know, they're aggressively ramping up renewables. Meanwhile, here in Australia, you know, we've just cut our renewable target by 20%. Um, we are becoming the laughing stock of the globe when it comes to climate and renewables. I, I have to say, I've traveled, you know, going overseas a bit, and people do ask me, and I'm sure that's happened to you as well, People say Australia's got so much sun, so much wind, so yes. much sea, so much water, at least in the ocean. Um, why are you guys doing the sorts of things that you're doing? Let me just go on to another another question because we've been talking the, – the actual re- inquiry is a federal inquiry. Mm. You've been doing some work at the state level. And yep. I, I, my perception of it is that there is – there is a possibility of doing things at the state level. Absolutely. Um, the vice president, former vice president Al Gore was in Melbourne um, just a fortnight ago, um, and he was making that very point that, you know, when we do have a federal government that's looking backwards, um, that's stalling progress on climate change and renewable energy, that it is time for sub-national action. Um, and he, he was meeting with state ministers. He met with members of the Victorian um, cabinet to brief them on climate and what can be done to start really um, decarbonising our economy. And, you know, over 18 months ago with the election of Tony Abbott and some of his first comments on renewables, we did know that this day was coming. We knew that he was going to cut the ret. We knew he was going to do whatever he could do to stop the transition from fossil fuels to clean renewables. And that's why we've been calling on the Victorian government um, for reinst- well, to reinstate a Victorian renewable energy target. And uh, what, in terms of that possibility, how confident are you that the Labor, uh, the, the government right now in Victoria, will proceed with these kinds of things? Yeah, well, um, the Daniel Andrews Labor government in Victoria they are developing their Renewable Energy Action Plan. It's due for release um, later in 2015. And, you know, they have stated support for a Victorian renewable energy target before. Um, they're yet to deliver it and, and put it in writing, um, which is what we're waiting for. Um, but recently, the Premier, while visiting the site of the Ararat wind farm, 
Um, he did say that the government wants to increase the overall percentage of renewable energy. Um, that's a position that's been echoed by State Energy Minister Lily D'Ambrosio. Hmm. Um, so, you know, they are sending a lot of the right signals. Um, and I know the community really does have the expectation that if the federal government won't lead, it will be up to the states. And when you compare that to what's going on in South Australia and the ACT, you know, the case is there. We're just waiting for the, the government to lock it in. So you do have a fair bit of confidence that Labor will will proceed with these things to re- restart the, the restart the industry and make some definite commitments. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the Labor government's track record in the past, um, it was 2006 when the um, the Brax Labor government introduced the first Victorian renewable energy target, and they did that because John Howard was really stalling ambition from an, at the national level. And, you know, flash forward 10 years and we're facing a very similar dynamic. We've got a Conservative Prime Minister that's put the handbrake on our transition and we do have a, a Labor government um, that have shown leadership before by repealing the anti-wind farm laws that were in place. Um, and they can take another step, another act of leadership by reinstituting a Victorian RET that's the politicians, that's the state level, state level, federal level, then there's us. And what can we folks in the city do to help out or make an intervention? Absolutely. Look, you know, the Abbott government is sabotaging our renewable energy future. Um, you know, that will cost jobs um, in the city and in the regions. And if you're keen to help, um, the Yes to Renewables campaign that I'm coordinating, um, we are working on the ground with three communities at the moment and we do have a core team of campaigners that that meet every Tuesday night at Smith Street. Um, this is the Friends of the Earth um, headquarters, 312 Smith Street. Um, if you are interested in supporting our campaign, come along to a meeting and there are plenty of tasks for people to do. Everything from writing letters to MPs, um, media releases, you know, social media and tweeting and everything. So it's a really exciting campaign. And uh, you've got a website as well? Sure do, John. So that is www.yes2renewables.org. And that is yes to the digit to renewables. And uh, Lee, thanks so much for coming in. We've got run out of time, but uh, keep up the good work. And I've got to say, uh, and I'm editorializing here, we are talking to Lee Eubank. He's the super extraordinary campaigner for wind energy in, at least in my sphere of understanding, and uh, keep up the good work, Lee. Thanks, John. All the best. And you are with Dirt Radio. Let's hear this, and we'll be right back. Do you want to get in contact with a socially progressive audience and diverse communities? Are you organising a forum, concert, festival, rally, call-out or film screening and want to let people know? Unlike other community radio stations, 3CR doesn't have commercial advertising, but we do offer not-for-profit, community and government organisations a chance to connect with 3CR's diverse and lively audience. Go to www.3cr.org.au and find out about our very affordable community announcements or call 3CR on 9419-8377 and get your event on air. 
Five, four, three, two, one. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio. And uh, we're back. And listen, I've got a, I have an apology to make. I was going to play a pre-recorded interview about moving from wind to coal, and we were going to talk about the the so-called cheap alternative, which Tony Abbott's been promoting, is uh, is coal. And of course, we know about the opening in the Shenhua mine and uh, all of those kinds of things. But unfortunately, or silly in a silly way, I ended up not putting in the place that I needed to put it in. So I offer apologies to Shane Alcorn, who was the interviewee. We will play that interview, by the way. Um, It's just a matter of finding it in the system. Lee's happily, uh, for us, decided that, well, I've asked him to stay around. So, Lee, just to continue our discussion, where are you guys – let's just go back to the Yes Renewables campaign – where are your uh, energies being put right now? Yep, sure. So um, as I was saying before, um, and the listeners will remember, um, the state government is currently putting together its Renewable Energy Action Plan. Um, so this is a plan to grow renewables and to grow renewable energy jobs in the state. And we're really interested in making sure that there are some key planks contained in that plan that will actually deliver the outcome. So we're calling for the Victorian government to reinstate a Victorian renewable energy target. So, you know, that would provide transparency um, for the Victorian public about how much renewable energy the government is seeking to deliver. And that will provide an important accountability mechanism for the public. You know, a plan without a target is a wish list, so we really do need to know where the government is trying to take us when it comes to renewables. And how, how do you actually go about doing this? Is, is it a matter of making submissions or uh, in relation to talking to particular people? How, how, do you, how do you go about doing actually doing this as a campaigner? Yeah, I mean, Friends of the Earth campaigns are very dynamic and multifaceted, so you know, we'll be conducting research on what's possible. Um, We'll be doing lobbying, we'll be doing community organising, and we'll also be out there, you know, in in the media and social media, explaining to the public why a VRET is so important, and why leadership from Daniel Andrews and the Andrews government is so important for growing renewables and growing jobs in Victoria. In terms of, uh, just if you you don't mind, can I push this along a bit if there was going to be an increase in the number of wind wind farms or or areas where that would happen whereabouts in victoria would those sorts of things be happening yeah sure so a lot of the okay so there are over 2000 megawatts of wind farms approved across victoria uh, most of them are in the states southwest and west um, but we do have a project um, in central victoria the Cherry Tree Range Wind Farm. And, you know, this is a community that did fight quite hard against the anti-wind farm lobby when it came to town with its scare campaign. You know, they've seen they've gone through all of the rigmarole to get it approved and now they want it built. So 
the policy mechanism that we really do need in place to start seeing projects like this uh, get underway is a VRET. Mm-hmm. And that would, in a sense, make uh, a kind of, um, let's put it this way, put, put a framework in place which would allow these sorts of things to go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. And- my, yeah, sorry, my understanding is that all these um, things that are going on, the, the, the inquiry and, and the federal government's way of dealing with stuff has, has really stalled the industry. In fact, it's made it very difficult for these kinds of things to happen. Absolutely. Um, you know, the talking down the sector and all of the uncertainty, it makes it incredibly difficult for um, wind energy developers to secure finance. Um, and, you know, attacking the Clean Energy Finance Corporation, that takes away another one of those financing options for wind developers. Um, what we have seen, the um, ACT, their territory rent of 90% by 2020 is actually building wind farms in Victoria. So the first wind farms um, to secure finance and to commence construction after the their uncertainty ended um, were in Ararat and Kanua Bridge in Victoria, and they are linked to the ACT's targets. So, you know, we think that it's about time the Victorian government... Um, you know, follow that successful framework and, you know, so that we can have a policy that builds wind farms in our own state. You can see me laughing here, Lee. I hadn't, I hadn't heard that before. Mm. So they're building wind farms in Victoria to take energy to Canberra, to, yep. to the ACT. Correct. Well, look, this is really, this is very, very strange. I mean, things are strange in Australia at the moment, but that's particularly strange. <laughs> uh, oh, look, you know, the, the people of Ararat and Kanua Bridge, uh, they don't care who's no, paying for it. No, I mean, no, of course Victoria is going to be benefiting from the jobs and the investment. Um, but, you know, I, I think that Victorians would agree with me that, you know, if the ACT can have a policy that builds wind farms in Victoria and Victoria can have a policy to build wind farms. You must, too. you must get this. Uh, I this is the first I've heard this actually, and uh, you must, you must get this out a bit more. I, I think this is really astonishing. This is absolutely mm. astonishing to me. Look, the other thing, uh, d- this does bring me to another interesting question. I, I guess a question that 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 was useful to talk about is you were saying that you were discussing earlier the, the role of social media. And I know you you particularly have been involved in all of this. And do you, do you feel that uh, that's been a really important strut or platform of your campaign? Absolutely. I mean, the traditional media for small grassroots campaigns, it can be hard for us to get on the radar. Um, journos are incredibly busy people. And, you know, it, there is a difficulty there. Um, it's been it's a historical thing. It's been there for a long time. So social media allows us to inject our commentary and our take on things in, into the debate um, in real time. And, you know, if there's a policy announcement, we can put our commentary out there for the community um, and we actually get a huge amount of web traffic. Um, last year, we had so many um, visitors to our website that it would have filled the MCG plus a bit more. So we are reaching a lot of people. Um, and, you know, w- there's also the live tweeting. So um, in the Senate 
um, inquiry that was, um, you know, holding public hearings. Mm. You know, we would attend each of those hearings. We would um, commentate um, the event as it unfolded and we would hold the politicians to account for any misleading statements that they were saying. That's so, so basically the the social media gives you an avenue, an alternative avenue to inform a whole range of people who wouldn't necessarily be getting that information from the mainstream media. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's obviously a very important strut of your of your campaign. And so what in the next couple of weeks or or months or so what what are you planning? What's uh What's being planned in terms of the social media campaign? Are you, are you, have you got some new things on the way? or um, Usually it's a very dynamic and responsive, you know, part of our campaign. Um, so, you know, we're always trying to put together some cheeky graphics and, you know, have a little bit of a lighthearted, um, you know, larrikin kind of approach. Mm. Um, but in terms of the campaign, um, we are kicking off on-the-ground activities in a few places around the state. Um, so we're, you know, we're trying to understand what vision the community has for the state's energy future, and we intend to pass the results of that community engagement onto the government, onto the energy minister, so that when the renewable energy plan comes out at the end of the year, there is alignment between what the government is putting on the table and what the community expects. So you'll be, <clears throat> excuse me, you'll be visiting these communities and talking to various people involved in things. And that's something you've been doing all along, isn't it? Yep. And um, look, maybe we uh, we're, we are just about out of time now. So I want to thank you again for staying a little bit longer. In fact, exploring a few ideas that we didn't have a chance to talk about earlier. And I wish you very much uh, success in what you're doing. I think you're doing a great job. And you've actually told us stuff today that, hey, we never heard heard about it, (laughs) at least in Dirt Radio we hadn't. So uh, thanks again for coming in. I've been talking with Lee Eubank, and he's the coordinator of the campaign coordinator for Yes to Renewables. And I'm sure he'll be back again to give us an update at some point later in the year. Let's hear this, and we will be back. Politicians and mainstream media are fueling anti-Muslim hate. Attacks on Muslims are increasing, and the fear is causing some women to restrict their movements. Worse, an anti-Muslim political party is launching in October. It's time for people who oppose bigotry to organise. Stand up and speak out against Islamophobia. Sign the statement at www.voicesagainstbigotry.org and ask others to do the same. Don't be a bystander. Voices Against Bigotry is a 3CR supporter. The Melbourne Street Medics need your help. On Saturday the 18th of July, when we took to the streets against Reclaim Australia, Victoria Police pepper-sprayed the crowd. We treated more than 100 people, and we're asking you to donate to help restock our kits and train up new medics. We believe in empowering people to fight for a better world. Please help us to care for those who stand up for our rights. Please go to ozcrowd.com and search for Melbourne Street Medics, or go to the Melbourne Street Medics Facebook page for more information on how to donate. If you love science, put your money where your mouth is. It's time once again for you to test your brain capacity at the Lost in Science Trivia Night. 
we don't expect you to perform complex calculus, but maybe brush up on your periodic table. Yeah, and support us. Uh, entry is $15 for 3CR subscribers or concession, $20 for everybody else. It's happening at the Birmingham Hotel, corner of Johnson Street and Smith Street. In Fitzroy, Tuesday the 18th of August. Doors will be open at 6.30pm. Check the 3CR website for details or book your tickets beforehand on Eventbrite by searching for Lost in Science Trivia 2015. Lost in Science is a 3CR production. And you are with Dirt Radio. We are out of here for another week.